0: This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Cascavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Cascavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today, I've got another return guest, um, Mr. Tony Hody. Tony, welcome. Thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, glad to have you here. For those people out there that don't know who you are, although I can't imagine there's anybody in the home improvement space that doesn't know who you are, why don't you give everybody a little bit of your, your background?
1: Great. Yeah. So I started out in the home improvement industry with an entry-level position, knocking on doors, canvassing around job sites, and really learned some basic fundamentals for generating leads in the home improvement industry. And shortly after that, I started to broaden my horizons working at home shows, events, fairs, and festivals, and sitting in the call center, making some calls and confirmation, resurrecting old inquiries, and um and eventually went and sold in the home and really got a, a great perspective bird's eye view perspective of how the whole process works how to how to generate a lead and how to convert it into a
0: sale awesome and now um you own a home improvement company in the Cleveland market that's correct, yeah, so I decided that um
1: you know the best way to really teach others was to lead by example and uh, wanted to create an opportunity uh, for other people as well as an opportunity to demonstrate that some of these techniques and strategies really work. Yeah and
0: um, how's that going?
1: It's going well, definitely going well. We're, we're building some momentum. Uh, it, it's tough, no, no questions asked, uh, but we're building some momentum. We're, we grew about 30% from uh, from the previous year, and uh, recently acquired a local small business here, um, which was a pretty pretty interesting uh, scenario to go through that process. and uh, so we're excited about that. And so things are moving in the right
0: direction. So that I think is a very interesting strategy. and I think that that's something we should we should talk about because I think that opportunity exists in other places. Are you good with that? Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Just so everybody knows, um, Tony is also, I call him the king of face-to-face lead generation. And uh, so because we're actually recording this in uh, February, middle of February, so we're kind of right in the middle of home show season. Not sure when you're going to hear it, but I'm sure that uh, shows and events – are still going to be happening, and still will be an opportunity for you. Um, so we definitely will be talking about that. Um, but let's start with let's start with that acquisition. Let let's talk a little bit about the strategy behind it, and um, you know what you what you're going to kind of do with it, and then how do other people find these opportunities and take advantage of them. Sure. So you know the strategy behind it
1: should be fairly obvious. You know we're looking to uh, expand our reach, uh, build our database. You know the company that we acquired was a 63-year-old company with a, a great local presence over the years, and you can imagine uh, after 63 years uh, they accumulated quite a sizable database. Uh, some of it are obviously paper files and stuff that we can no longer access. But a lot of those people have have moved and passed away, so. Um, after they moved into the digital age still have quite a sizable database for us to market. And uh, you know, the pleasant surprise with something like this is not just the database, which was our primary asset that we were hoping to acquire, but installers in this day and age are very hard to come by. And uh, there was a couple excellent installers that were very loyal um, that we were able to, to bring in under our umbrella as well. So um You know, that was our goal was to just pick up on some assets, an older organization that we knew, um, you know, the leadership was going to retire. And in some cases, they just don't have someone to uh, pass the business on to. They don't have children or uh, children that are interested, employees that, that are capable or interested. And so we keep our eyes on the horizon for those opportunities because they are out
0: there. So what's interesting about that, and I don't want you to go into all of the details uh, of it. It's, that's private, But um, and I don't even know all of the particulars. But what's really interesting about this, and I'm going to make an, a, a, an assumption here, is that this was not a conventional business acquisition, uh, meaning that you bought a, a business, you paid a multiple of... Uh, uh, profitability. This was really more of an asset sale and purchase, correct? Yeah,
1: I would like to refer to this as an entrepreneurial
0: acquisition, oh, as I like opposed that. to
1: yeah. a, you know a very sophisticated uh, acquisition where you know we're we're calculating EBITDA and and multiplying um, you know the, the gross revenues and and things of that nature. Uh, it was really about the fact that. Uh, you know, they had some assets that we saw value in. We knew that they weren't going to stick around forever uh, and they were going to look to, to, you know, bequeath the business to someone. And there's not that many likely buyers out there for a business like that. And so, um, you know, we basically gave very little money down, just some good faith, uh, funding up front. And, uh, the rest is being paid over time in an earnout scenario. So a very creative way of, uh, acquiring those assets now and then paying for them over time as their database produces results for us as we sell prior customers referrals and, uh, you know, capitalize on the data that they provide.
0: Yeah. So I have two comments about that. One is most people in business think that okay, I'll just build this business or I'll, I'll do this business. And then at some point, somebody's going to come along and write me a big fat check and I'm going to be able to do whatever I'm going to do next, retire, do whatever I'm going to do next. The reality of that is most businesses and, and a lot of home improvement businesses, I don't know what the percentage is, but most home improvement businesses are not sellable. There's, there's nobody out there that wants to buy your job. No one's going to pay you for your job. Now there are companies that do sell and that's a whole nother conversation of what gives a company value. Um, But in this case, Tony's talking about assets, assets. Well, what's the biggest asset that this company has? It wasn't Tony didn't buy trucks, although you might've gotten some, you didn't buy trucks, you didn't buy equipment, you bought, database and that database is what has potentially some value and the more you can demonstrate and this kind of gets into kind of what we do here but the more you demonstrate relationship with that list the more valuable that list is so had the previous owner been able to show tony hey tony Here's what I've been doing for the last 10 years to nurture this list of customers and to get them to keep coming back and making referrals and all of that, the more valuable that asset would have been. My guess is, and I'm just making an assumption here and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my assumption here is that there really wasn't a whole lot of that going on. They just had a big list of of names and people and a reputation, right?
1: That's exactly right. You know, they did a lot of things right. You know, they really took care of customers, high integrity people. um, And I I have tremendous respect for the the owners of that business. Um, However, you know, they did not have sophisticated systems in place. And, you know, they did not nurture and cultivate their existing database. Um, You know, they did not email them. They did not... They rarely called them. They did not direct mail them. Um, so we just saw a huge opportunity to to accelerate. Uh, to steal one of your power words, Brian, yeah. to accelerate what what they had uh, in place there.
0: Yeah. And so the lesson there. So there's you know this there's kind of two lessons here. One is that um, the more you create process in your business and make it less reliant on you, the more value your business is gonna have when you do go to sell it, um, if you go to sell it or pass it on to somebody. And second, the better, you, the better job you do of nurturing your customer relationships, the more value that asset, using Tony's word, that asset has in your, in your business and um so i i think this was i i i remember you talking to me about this months ago and i think this is the the it's such a smart move and i got to think that in every market everywhere somebody's listening to this these opportunities exist and it's a it, it really is a way to accelerate your business success by getting access to people that have spent money on home improvement and now go in there and reestablish relationship or, or, or reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, we do this, by the way, you also got the phone numbers, right? Yes. So we definitely took
1: the web domain and, and the phone number and, um, you know, those are key assets, of course. And, um, you know, these opportunities do exist, Brian, uh, we have three more businesses on our radar here. Uh, acquisition is part of our strategy going forward. You know, there are a couple of big players here in Cleveland doing a great job, you know, in, in the window market. And for us to try to compete with them on television and radio and some of the other mediums, really not a viable option for us at at the current size we're at. However, you know, these creative acquisitions um, really are a, a viable strategy for us. And so we've got a couple more on the radar and, and they exist all in your market too. So, Uh, definitely
0: out there. Yeah. Very smart move. Very smart move. All right. So let's shift gears. Um, Now we've got that out of the way. I think that um, that's an important topic and I, I I think it's not something that a lot of people think about. Um, Let's talk about um, face-to-face lead generation. It's, it's home show season and um nobody's better at this than you what What can you tell us what What are you learning out there? What are some new things you're doing um...
1: well, yeah, you know home show season is is really a, kind of a a catapult to the rest of the year. Everybody looks forward to home show season It really you know the influx of leads and um you know everybody's getting their tax return and and spending starts to resume in the home improvement world so uh, you know taking strategy again to the home show arena so that you can perform well is essential you know that's really what it boils down to you know you've got a hundred of your competitors potentially all being led to the same venue the same uh, you know arena to to promote and so you have to stand out you have to have a different way of doing business and you know I focus heavily on attraction Versus pursuit. You know, that's another word that's a favorite of yours, attraction. And uh, it really makes all the difference when it comes to home shows and events.
0: Yeah. So, what are some ways? How do you? Because most people at home shows, I mean, let's face it, most people at home shows, they go, they set up all their stuff, and they just kind of show up and sit there and wait for people to come to them. And well, you know,
1: we, we all know that you're exactly that exactly right doesn't work. You're exactly right. You know, there are you, you know, if you can afford to invest a fortune in you know, displays and interactive, you know, things of that nature that will attract people over, then you know you can go that route. But the solution is rarely in the checkbook. You know, usually there there's some hustle and some, you know, some strategy involved. And so we try to focus on you know, partnering with show promoters to provide uh, attraction devices at the point of entry, you know, where we are, you know, distributing, um, you know, for example, a gift card at at the entrance of the home show and people have to come to your exhibit to swipe their card to check the balance. And uh, that does a number of things. It drives traffic to the booth. But then if they have a balance on their gift card, then they want to apply it. They want to spend it apply it towards a project. And so um, it just kind of keeps that thread moving along. Uh, So those are the things we focus on, you know, giving the consumer something, uh, a reason to come visit with you, you know, stimulating reciprocity, you know, to get them to come visit and interact with you. A lot of creative ways of doing that, everything from, you know, scratch off tickets that get them to stop their feet As they're walking down the aisle, um, you know, guess and win contests where they're guessing to see how many items are inside of a glass jar, uh, how much cash is in the sash of the window, um, all kinds of different ways to get consumers to stop their feet and to attract them over to your exhibit.
0: And so you do these things and you get them in, um, per se, like within your (laughs) uh, talking distance, um then what i mean let's kind of walk through it step by step uh, how you do this the right way let's stop here and take a quick break do you want a steady stream of referrals coming into your business do you want a system that gets your customers to come back to you to buy more of your products and services how about more five-star reviews on the sites that matter, like Google, Facebook, and Better Business Bureau? Of course you do. G4 Marketing Group has been doing all of that for home improvement companies just like yours since 2009. Want to see if we can do the same for you? Just go to www.g4marketing.com and schedule a free Wealthy Contractor Strategy Session. That's www dot g f-o-u-r now let's get back to this episode so the first step
1: is engagement you know the more people we talk to the better our results will be it's simple law of, of averages law of numbers the more people we talk to the more appointments the more leads we will generate once we have got them effectively engaged with us the next step is going to be to qualify. So, we want to make sure we're talking to a viable prospect. We want to make sure that they own a home, number one, and number two, that they live in our marketplace. You know, you get uh, snowbirds down in your market that just happen to be visiting. You get folks that are uh, in from out of town spending time with relatives. So, you want to make sure that you're talking to a viable prospect. So, number two is qualify. A lot of people get that backwards, they try to qualify before they've effectively engaged someone. You know, they're asking them if they own a home as they're passing by. You know, This is not really effective. You know, to engage first is the best way. You know, imagine a guy wandering around a singles bar asking uh, women, you know, if they're single or if they're lonely, right? (laughs) First, we want to stimulate some reciprocity. First, we want to buy them a drink, you know, and get the conversation started. And so the same is true, you know, as we get them into the funnel and that funnel continues after we have qualified them and we want to isolate a product. We don't want to just have a conversation about anything. We want to have a centered conversation around a specific project that they are considering. And once we've identified that, you know, we we can then start to elicit pain as to why in that, that project in particular, there's so many things you could do to your home of all the things you could consider. Why is the roof? so important to you at this time and really dig deep as to
0: what is
1: so important to
0: them. And once
1: we've got that pain out, hold on, that, that wait.
0: Creates... Hey, Tony, hold on just a second. Uh, I want to back up sure. here for a second. So yeah. you, you said, um, you talked about reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about what you mean by reciprocity. Everybody might not know what you mean by reciprocity.
1: You know, I didn't used to use that word in describing what we were doing. But after I read Influence by Dr. Cialdini, I really started to embrace that vocabulary. But, you know, just offering a favor, you know, a favor could be um, a gift. It could be um, information. It could be entertainment by providing, you know, a clown who's making balloon animals for children to get people to stop their feet. It could be anything that is considered a favor or a gift of some kind that you are extending to the consumer and now the consumer feels obligated. You put them in a state of obligation with this gift and they feel obligated to at least give you some time, at least hear you out and more inclined to do business with you as a result of the reciprocity. So more more likely to set an appointment with you and even purchase from you ultimately
0: is it in is it in the book influence where there's the story about the Hare krishnas yes you want to tell that story real quick just to this will so, drive the point home
1: yeah so they talk in the book influence they talk about how the Hare krishna organization was virtually bankrupt and you know the organization was faltering and and on the risk of disbanding completely because they were so uh, financially distraught, and they came up with the concept of offering a flower to people for free. It's uh, so offering a flower to those who pass by, and, and you know, just a, a a peace offering, if you will. And you know, any gifts that people would return in exchange for the donation, uh, you know, the asking for donations after they had offered the flower. You know, the donations then skyrocketed because of this reciprocity. Uh, you know, people really couldn't say no, they they were put in a state of obligation by the flower, the free gift. And when they asked for a donation after that point, people, you know, felt obliged to go ahead and reciprocate. And so it's a very powerful tool. You know, interestingly, people will move away from a someone that is a known uh, solicitor, you know, they will try to Get across the street or the other side of the mall if there's someone offering a free gift because the reciprocity technique is so powerful that you know once you accept something for free that you it is your obligation to then reciprocate in some way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, it well, and it's actually you know this it's one of our secret weapons for getting people to leave reviews um, after the job is completed for our clients. We send out a gift box with cookies Mm -hmm. in it, but we're also asking for reviews and it's pretty um, the difference in the number of reviews you get when you send somebody something um, versus not giving them anything and asking them for a favor in return is pretty dramatic. Um, Okay. So you talked about, um, so you talked about that. That's great. That's engaging. That's getting people in. Um, You also have a very unique way of getting people to tell you what project or what improvement they would be most interested in. Do you want to share how you do that? Sure. So, you know, it's very important that we center the conversation around
1: a project that we do at our company. No sense or, or point in having a conversation about, Landscaping or flooring, if we don't offer those products. So, the way that we funnel the consumer down into having a conversation about a product that we offer is by controlling their responses. We provide them with a placard, a laminated form that simply has the various projects that we offer at our company. Could be roofing, siding, windows, for example, and we present the consumer with this placard and we say, if you want it for free, which project would you choose? You know, we want to take money out of the equation. When we take money out of the equation, we take pressure out of the equation and we ask a hypothetical question and simply, if you want it for free, which project would you choose? And invariably people respond, they select a project and we are now engaged in a conversation about something that's relevant to them. And it's also relevant to us.
0: Right. So now then that brings us back to where I interrupted you, which is pain. So when you show them this and you say, okay, if you want it for free, I mean, this is just brilliant. If you want it for free and then they point to something, uh, they point to their windows, you're going to ask them what? Uh, What made you say the windows?
1: Of all the projects on that list. What made you say the windows? And that's going to isolate, you know, need pain points, you know, why they chose the windows in the first place. We hear answers like, well, they're old, they're outdated, you know, they're hard to open and close. And so the consumer becomes the person who is doing all the selling at that point. They're selling you on why they need new windows.
0: Yeah. So, I I just for those of you that are listening that do home shows or that have done home shows in the past and have not been successful with them, uh, me case in point was me when I first started doing home shows, I hated them. I wish I knew Tony way back when because man, I could have cleaned up at shows knowing this. But think about what the difference between. What the way that he's doing it versus the way that most people do it? They're sitting there, somebody. They're hoping that somebody's going to stop at their booth. Well, look, the reality of it is, most people aren't just going to stop. And if they do, and you engage them with, "Oh, so you own a home?" It's like you—they don't want to talk to you. It's like walking into a retail store and asking, uh, "Can I help you?" You know, everybody says no. I'm just looking, right? And so right. now this engagement and then getting from them, if I was going to spend money or if I was, it, 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 well, yeah, if I was going to spend money on a home improvement, this is specifically what it would be. And then now he's asking, well, why would you, why that? And now he's, now he's getting them to, sit, to tell him all of the ways that he can now go and sell them. It, it's just, It's just, it's simple. But it's absolutely brilliant. brilliant it's simple i've seen this done i've never done it personally um, because I avoid home shows like the plague although we have one coming up here that i'm gonna go to um, and I guarantee nobody will um, nobody will be doing this I guarantee it I would I'm not a betting man but I would put money on it but it's just absolutely brilliant and it's so simple all right so now we've got We've got the engagement. We've got reciprocity. We are asking them if you want it for free. We're getting their pain points. Now, what do we do? After the pain is is been clearly
1: identified, you know, we transition to the value of the visit. You know, people value their time every bit as much as they value their money. And so you really have to build your case as to why they should invite you over to their home to estimate this project. You know, so we've identified the pain and we say things using their words, using the consumer's words. Let me share with you what we're doing for folks who have old drafty windows. We offer a free inspection. So we'll come out and take a look at your situation, take some measurements. Check for any rotten wood, we'll offer a free design and plan, plan and design service where we'll help you pick the right styles, colors, and options for your home and then we'll, we'll leave you with a down to the penny price quote and that's valid for one full year. so we we go through and really kind of love it. share with them everything that they will be getting for free to help bolster the logic behind, between having us over and you know, we build a lot of value in, in the inspection and explain, you know, we'll let you know where you're at with active wood rot. If you have any active wood rot, I have to imagine that's something you want to know about. Correct? Correct. We're getting commitment
0: from the consumer and really building value in, in that value of the visit. And here's what's important too about that. He's not selling the job. He's not selling them windows. He's selling them the appointment. Correct. Right? So most people are there Absolutely. trying to actually, and I made this mistake too. So, you know, I can include myself in that category. I know better now, but not then. But you know, you you're there. You want to try and sell the job. You want to get them. And that's not the the goal is to sell the appointment. That's it. Hallelujah. All right.
1: Now what? So once we've communicated that value of the visit, you know, we've found the need and we've explained how we can help them. We just have to close for the appointment and get out of our own way. You know, all too often we have people who are shy or timid about asking for the appointment. If they have a problem, a clear, concise problem that we've identified and we have a solution that we can help them with it, the only logical conclusion at that point is to schedule an appointment. If we ask for it, there's a chance they may say no. In fact, there's a very high chance they may say no. If we ask them for the appointment, would it be okay to come out and provide you with an estimate? We're going to create anxiety. In the consumer's mind, they're going to say, I don't know. Would it be okay? Should it be okay? Would it be okay with my spouse? When's a good time? We're going to create anxiety. So the best way to close for the appointment is to be assumptive. And once you've expressed that value, the visit, explaining the inspection, the plan of design service, and the down to the penny price quote, you simply say, my name's Tony, by the way, and your name? Hmm. And we start to elicit their information, and we start to either enter it into the iPad or jot it down on our clipboard, but we just assume the appointment. And if we were effective in our qualification process and we found out where they're coming from, what town they're coming from, we can then recite that to them. Now, you mentioned to me that you're coming from Coral Springs, is that correct? And we write that down on to our clipboard or we type that into our iPad and we just continue to assume the appointment.
0: Yeah.
1: Great. So You know, it's all about an assumptive approach to closing, especially if
0: you followed all the previous steps properly. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, man, I we should stop right there. And um, I would say to any, anybody and everybody that if you do home shows or you have people that do home shows, um, have them listen to this and go through and take Tony's points step by step by step and implement them. They're, they're simple. I mean, none of this stuff is easy. Tony's really made it very, very simple and basically gave you the whole strategy um, right here. Um, so thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Good stuff. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Um, so you've got, um, I know that uh, it's in a little while, um, but you have an event coming up, an event that I've been going to now, I don't know, God, six, seven years every year, Um Your annual event. Um, I would strongly encourage everybody that's listening to attend. um, Where can well tell us a little bit real quick? Tell us a little bit about your event, and then the details: when, where, and how how they get tickets.
1: Yeah, so we decided to have the event in Detroit, Michigan Metro Detroit, and it's the Motor City, and no place to better to build your lead engine than than the Motor City. And uh, it's LEADCON 2019. It's in May, May 15th and 16th. And uh, we're going to be getting into great detail about some of the things that we talked about today. Everything from canvassing door to door to uh, shows, events, fairs, festivals, uh, acquisition opportunities. Going to have some great speakers on each of these topics uh, to really give contractors a blueprint to follow
0: i'm putting you on the spot am i a speaker
1: you will be of course there's nobody better when it comes to repeat and referral and uh, we're we're excited to have you
0: awesome cool so um all right so look you get to see me (laughs) at tony's event no i'm kidding um come out and see tony you want to see tony uh, nobody does it better. If anybody, if you're doing face to face lead generation, nobody does it better. Um, did you give the website? Where do they go to get tickets? I have some totally. by the way, I think. Yeah. So you can reach out. Totally. I have some, you can reach out to me um, or go to. Tony Seminars.com. Doesn't get easier than that. His last name is Hody. H O T Y. Tony Hody Seminars. Dot com. I'll put a link with um, uh, with this on G four Marketing as well. Um, but get out there, follow Tony's advice. Your home shows, all of your face to face. By the way, that's the exact same strategy that you use. Um, I, I want to make sure I say this not only for home shows, right, Tony? If you're going to a a, a a wine and cheese festival, or what are some of the? Are there any obscure ones that you're going to?
1: Yeah, there's all kinds of events that, you know, live events, anywhere there's foot traffic with you know, the right type of demographic, it can be a they can be a home run event for you. But yeah, it's the same process, the same seven steps that we use at home shows, we use in events. Really the only difference is how we attract people over to the booth. If we're at a wine and cheese festival, we're gonna craft our exhibit to to reflect wine a little bit more than home improvement simply because we're trying to engage with people who came to talk about wine and enjoy wine and so you know we may have some cheese and crackers and we may have a glass jar full of corks and asking people how many corks are in the jar whatever we can do to uh, engage them effectively
0: awesome got to be creative All right, my friend, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And to everybody listening, until next time, this is Brian Cascavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com or just call us at 305-856-8788 to schedule your free, no obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. Now, during this strategy session, we're gonna look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're gonna help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally, We started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you wanna go. We wanna provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now, the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing.